Amen. I'm just hearing four voices. Amen. Aye, that's better. We bless the name of the Lord for a day like this. Uh, are you happy to be in the house? Yes. Can you show me some happiness? Right. right, praise God. You know, I know you're not yet on holiday, uh, or maybe your friend has gone and left you behind, but you know, you are here, you know, and while you are here, rejoice at the fact that you are here. Amen. So God is good, and, and, and all the time, God is good. I, I just want to continue with where I, I left last week. Before I go in, welcome to everybody who's here for the very first time. Anybody here for the very first time? I don't think I noticed anybody new today, but welcome everyone. I just want to continue from where we, we stopped last week. Um, and, and I said last week that we need to mix the word of God with faith. Amen. Do you remember that? And as we, to release your faith, you need to mix the word of God with faith. I want to continue with that, and I just want to start off with this scripture today, Luke chapter 5. Let's start with Luke chapter 5. I read Luke chapter 5 at the end last week. I want to read it again and another scripture in Luke, and then we'll go into the word. Luke chapter 5, verse 4 and 5. Luke chapter 5, verse 4 and five, and this is again Jesus. He's been speaking, borrowed Peter's boat, and and now verse four says, "Now when he had left speaking, or he had finished with his teaching, he said to Simon, Launch out into the deep, let down your nets for a draught, for a draught.' And 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 Simon answering said to him, Master, we have toiled all night, and have taken nothing. Nevertheless, at thy word." Nevertheless, at thy word, I will let down the net. And if you were to jump to verse 5, you know, he's, he, he, you, you, to, to, to verse 10, 11, you understand that there was such a catch of fish that they had to call others to come in. But just that verse 5, Peter says to Jesus, Nevertheless, at thy word. At thy word. And, and, and I wanted to go with me to Luke chapter 1 and verse 38. Luke chapter 1 verse 38. This is again an account where an angel comes and the angel comes to Mary and begins to speak to Mary that you shall give birth and, and it shall be a, uh, you shall remain a virgin and yet you shall give birth. And she says, I don't know. Uh, I've never slept with a man. How can these things be? That was her question. To say, you know what, angel, I, I, I struggle with what you're saying. I struggle with what you're telling me because I do not know a man. I've, I, I'm about to get married and I don't want to, to jeopardize my getting married. But okay, how are these things going to be? And after he, he has been told this, verse 38, the Mary answers to the angel and says, Behold the handmaid of the Lord. Be it unto me according to thy word. Be it unto me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. So it's hard for me to understand. It's difficult for me to put it into my human mind. But be it to me. Let it happen to me as you have said. Let it happen to me according to your word. 
it's difficult to put into words, but you know what? You have spoken it, Lord. Be it unto me according to your word. We, if you're going to be able to step out and release your faith, you need a word to base that faith upon. You need a word to be able to base your faith upon. And so this is why I say faith comes and it comes by hearing. See, faith is based upon a word. It's based upon an understanding, upon a knowledge. Faith is not blind. Tell a neighbor, faith is not blind. Faith is also not stupid. You see, as Christians, we must be able to base our faith upon the word of God. And the word of God is true, it's real, it stands sure. I told you last week, can you reduce this a bit? I told you last week that, that faith, the word of God stands sure. It's great. The word of God stands sure. It stands solid. It's true. It's forever. Your word, O oh Lord, is forever settled. And so as his word is forever settled, you must know that faith is not blind. And so Peter doesn't just push his boat back into the sea. Remember, he's been fishing all night long. And in anything, Peter wants to go home to rest. Because the night has been tough. The night has been difficult. There's nothing to go home and rejoice over. So he just wants to go home. But because there is something that has been spoken, Peter pushes his boat back into the sea. Mary has heard the message and she's thinking, what's going to happen to my wedding? What's going to happen to my marriage? This angel is talking about these things. Let me ask, how is this going to happen? That's why she asked. It sounds great that I will be the one to carry the Savior, but you know, I don't think Mr. Joseph is. So how is it going to happen? And at the end, when she has heard the, how it was going to happen, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and all the things that I've spoken will happen. Mary says, I'm going to believe you. I'm going to move on this. Why? Because I've heard your word. Be it to me. Let it happen to me according to your word. She's not just moving blindly. She's not just going into the dark. There is the word and the word shines into the darkness. The word of God shines into your darkness, into your situation. Jesus shines into it. Why? Because he's the light of the world. He's the light of the world. He's the salt of the world. And, and so faith is not blind. And so today I just want to give you five points about how can you get a word from Jesus. Because Peter moved at the word of Jesus. Mary moves at the word of of the angel and that word was about Jesus how can you how can you then get a word this is the burden upon my heart how can we get the word how can we get to the place where we can download a word from God and we can move from it how can we get a word that can keep us going how can we get a word that can keep us motivated and keep us strong and and keep us moving on how can we get a word that can make sure that we get to the place of our salvation? How can we get that word? Just five, five things. So five ways to position yourself to get a word. Five ways. Number one is 
is by seeking the Word of God, seeking in the Bible, seeking in the Bible. I may sound repetitive of this point, but you know what? As a Christian, you need to know the Bible. You need to know the Bible. Tell your neighbor, know the Bible. We don't want Christians that have no knowledge. Hosea says, my people perish for lack of knowledge. God speaks to him. Why? Because there are so many people that were saying, we are the children of God. But they did not know they are God. And so God says, you people are perishing because you don't know me. And the one way to know God is to go into his word. So know the Bible. Seek the Bible. Seek God in the Bible. So in order to seek, you need to read. And you need to study. And you need to meditate. You need to dwell upon a passage until it speaks to you. Amen. Go into the word of God. Keep reading it until it says something to you. Read it from a different version until it says something to you. Get a concordance. Get a, a glossary of terms. And, and look and find that thing that you, you're struggling. If it's, is it your study, go and look up. What does the Bible say about study? Is it marriage? What does the Bible say about marriage? Until God speaks a word to you. Is it about having children? What does the word of God say about having children? Seek his word. Is it about your business? What does the word of God say about my business? What does the word of God say about the people that are around me? How should I deal with them? What does the word, word of God say about how I can evangelize and win people to Jesus? What does the word of God say about this sickness? You need to read, you need to seek, you need to meditate. Search the word of God. Amen. Search the word of God. I'm, I'm touched when I look at Daniel. In Daniel chapter 9, verse 1 to 3, the Bible says Daniel understood by the books. It meant he was reading, he was studying, he was going into it. And he understood that it was their time for them to return to Jerusalem. And it's by going into the word of God. You see, the word has been written so that you can learn from it. Amen. So read your Bible. Go into the word. Seek God. By the seeking in his word. Amen. Number two is by asking. And asking talks about prayer. Ask. Jesus says if you ask, you will be given an answer. If you seek, you will find. If you knock, the door will be opened. And, and all we need to do is ask. And, and so he talks about this in Luke chapter 11 and Luke, cha Luke chapter 13, where he's talking about how we need to ask of him. Will your father, will a father give you a stone when you've asked for bread? Will he give you a snake when, you, when you've asked for fish? No, he's going to give you as you have asked. But we as children of God need to come to the place where we ask. Amen. We need to ask. You need to go into the place of prayer. Amen. Go into the place of prayer. Stay in his presence, we've been talking about. And one of the best ways to stay in his presence is to pray. And when you go into his presence, the Bible always says that he gives us a word. Psalm 16, verse 11. He will give us a word. In his presence, there is what? There is life. There is fullness of life. He, and and there, is, there, is, there, there is direction in his presence. There is direction. You will get direction when you go into his presence. And so to get into his presence, you must pray. 
We must be a people of prayer. Amen. Tell your neighbor, pray. And I'm challenged by Samuel. See, Samuel was one such person who knew how, I mean Saul, so not Samuel, David. In 1 Samuel chapter 30. I'm challenged by what he does. Faced with a difficult situation. Faced with a situation that was tough for him. David prays. So in 1 Samuel chapter 30 and verse, and, and verse 7. The Bible says, David said to Abitur the priest, Abimelech, I pray thee, bring me hither an effort. And Abitur brought him an effort. In verse 8, the Bible says, David inquired at the Lord. He asked of God. In other words, he prayed. God, how am I supposed to deal with this situation? How, what is the way forward here? David had lost his wife and, and wives and children. And the, his men also had lost their wives. And they were threatening to deal with David. And David was at a crossroads. And while he's at a crossroads, David prays, God, what is the direction? What is your word? What word do I need so that I can move? What word, oh God, can you say to me so that I know how to deal with this situation? And so God speaks to David and says, you go pursue them. You will certainly overtake and, and take back that which is for you. Pursue them. Go after them. The enemies have taken your stuff. God speaks a word to David and says, go. You, will. you know what? If you were David, would you not have gone ahead to chase after the enemy? And you go there with strength. Why? Because you have a word. You have a word. When the things are tough, but when you have a word, doesn't matter what the tough situation looks like, you are able to go ahead. When you have a word, I tell you, one time I, you guys were in the streets yesterday. It's a pity I couldn't join, but you guys were in the streets. I tell you one time when I went into the streets, it was a cold winter. Being a cold winter, you'd prefer to have stayed indoors. But you know, because I had a word, I had a conviction that somebody's going to get born again. That somebody needs to get born again. Go and stand there and go and stand by the corner. I remember that day so vividly. I had a word. Say, God, it's cold. It's freezing cold. Should we really have this evangelism program? God, God spoke and says, go and stay in the corner. So I was in a corner where you love to buy your handbags or you used to love to buy handbags there. In that corner. And as they were coming, you had to take your, my hands out of the gloves because it's a bit more polite to greet them without your glove. And by the time you take it out of the glove, you feel the cold go through to your bones. And as you're shaking their hands and shaking their hands, you feel, oh, God. And I remember so vividly, why are you suffering yourself? And the reason I was suffering myself was I had a word. Two years later, when I met a guy and says, you preached to me and I'm now born again, I know why. It was worth it. It was because I had a word. And that word came out of prayer. Amen. So have a word, but learn to pray because in prayer, God speaks. In prayer, God speaks. Welcome. In prayer, God speaks. So David inquires of the Lord. Number three, number three, learn to connect with believers. Learn to connect with what? Believers. Believers. Not just people, but believers. 
If you connect with people who don't believe, they will put no faith in you. It's the people that believe that will steer your faith. Because people who believe have a word. Uh, tell that to your neighbor. People who believe have a word. You can put that on Twitter. People who believe have a word. When you are saying, ah, it's tough, bro, they'll tell you, you know what? God is able. Amen. They have a word. People who believe when you say, I failed, they'll tell you, pick up your pieces and go do it again. People who believe have a word. When you say, ah, the husband is not coming home, they'll tell you, get on your knees, sister. People who believe have a word. When, when, you, when you are down and you are not happy, people who believe will be telling you, praise the Lord, spirit, soul, and body. And what spirit, soul, and body? I believe. People who believe have a word. See, it's the unbelievers that tell you, this one trouble that you are in now. Hey, chai. <laughs> they don't have a word. But people who believe will tell you this trouble that you are in. I know a God. People who believe every word. So connect with believers. If you have been failing and failing, go look for somebody who has been passing and passing. Stick with them. Because they will tell you what they are doing. Tell you what they are doing. People who believe every word. So you, you, you need to learn to connect with people who believe. They will put hope even when you have no hope. Amen. Hear what I'm saying? They will tell you that you might be in the dust. But the word says in Naham, do not rejoice over me, my enemy. Though I may have fallen, yet I will rise again. People who believe every word. So stick with people who believe. If you have people who are not believing around you, start changing them. And start spending time with people who believe. Start spending time with people who see hope. People who see that there is an end. People who tell you that, you know what, every tunnel has a light. Do you know every tunnel has a light? It, and that light may not necessarily be at the end. Ah, people didn't catch that. Ah. The light may not necessarily be at the end of the tunnel. Have you ever been in a tunnel? If you want to get into a tunnel next time, go with me when I go to Belgium take you in all kinds of tunnels. And though you might not see where does this tunnel end, there's always a place where you see some light shining through. And you know that if I were to be stuck in here, that light there will lead me out. And that is not at the end. You may not necessarily have to go to the end of the tunnel to see some light. Ah, oh, who am I speaking to? You need to be with people that believe. Because people that believe will tell you, yes, it might be far away to the end, but you know what? There is a way. God will make a way where there is no way. It only comes from people who believe. Who are you surrounding yourself with? If you're going to receive a word from God that's going to move your faith, you need to be connected to people who believe. Amen. Be connected to people that trust in the Lord. Be connected to people that have put their hope in the one who can be trusted. In the one who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we could ever ask or think of. You need to connect with somebody like that. You can connect with me because I, 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 have, I, I believe. I believe. 
I will bulldoze through the wall, I believe. Why? Because God says, by him, I've run through a troop and I've left over a wall. I believe. So you need to hold on to people that believe and connect with them. They will always drop. You know what? People that believe will always have an advice. And people that believe will not spend too much time crying with you. They will cry with you a small bit and tell you the rest of what, ca- what is possible. That's right. Do you hear what I'm saying? Yeah. Kai has broken down. They'll tell you we can fix it. Yeah. Ah, you can get another one. You know, and you say, but I, this is it. You can get another one. Why? Because they believe. But people who don't believe, they will leave you struggling with the broken one. So hold on, connect with people that believe. Amen. And I, I was just challenged. I was just challenged by, by Peter. No, not Peter. Oh my goodness, I'm mixing names today. I was just challenged by Paul and Barnabas. You know, Paul and Barnabas were, were praying one time and they needed direction. They didn't know which way to go. And, and, and in Acts chapter 13, you know, Acts chapter 13, these guys just disconnected with the elders. And the Bible says, I'm going to read this from the message, Acts chapter 13. It says, the congregation in Antioch was blessed with a number of prophet preachers and teachers. You know, the, the, this is the church in, in Antioch. They were blessed with a lot of prophets and, and preachers and teachers. You know, prophets are always seeing the, the future and they can tell you, you know, prophecies about lifting up the broken and strengthening people and giving comfort. That's what prophecy is about. Not the prophecy you hear today about you'll get rich and all that. Okay, it's, it's, it's okay. Sometimes they will tell you they will be better. That's not the prophecy that we're talking about here. Talking about prophets that were pointing people in the right direction. And they're also preachers. Now preachers are people who give you hope. They'll give you, and they were teachers. Teachers are people that will give you founding and strengthen you and help make sure that you're standing strong. So Paul and Barnabas are struggling with how, what's the next step here? And so they go to these guys. And the Bible says, you know, they're just worshiping God together. You know, they were worshiping God together. And, and, and you know, and, and they were worshiping the Lord there. And they were ministering to God. They were sharing the fellowship for the most part. And then, listen to this. And one day as they were worshiping, they were also fasting as they waited for guidance. So I know there was a guidance they were seeking. And the Holy Spirit spoke. Then the Holy Spirit spoke. If you read the the, the King James Version, it says, and the Holy Spirit said. Oh, I just love that. I just love that. I got to know that scripture something like what? in, in, In 1999. Oh, they're about that the Holy Spirit said. And you know what? Ever since I got to know that scripture, the Holy Spirit has been saying things to me. Oh, come on, somebody. I don't know if the Holy Spirit says anything to you, but you know, I know he says something. But you know, these guys were connected. Paul and Barnabas connected with the prophets and the teachers and the preachers that were there, just connected with them. And while they were connected with them, God spoke. Gave them guidance and then he says, separate for me Paul and Barnabas for the work that I've given to them. And, and you notice that after that, Paul begins a journey. And one of the most fruitful of his journeys was started off at this point. Why? Because there was a word. And you know what? When they tried to kill Paul, tried to stone him, tried to throw him out, he kept on going. Why? Because he had a word. 
He knew the Holy Spirit had spoken to say, Paul, I'm sending you out. You are going to go out and preach to these people. You are going to go out and tell the word to the Gentiles. And that word kept him going. Tough as it may have been, there was a word. There was a word. Why? Because the Holy Spirit has spoken in the connection of believers. So connect with people that believe. Connect with people that believe. Number, number four. Number four is that, you know, you can get God's word from revelation and, and, and from just God just decides to reveal things to you and, and from visions and dreams and the prophetic. You get prophetic messages and you can get to dream. You can, you know, I, I, I just dreamt last night and I was playing a guitar. Maybe, Ernest, I need to pick up my guitar again. You know, I was just playing a guitar and, you know, I, I played a tune and the guy was, you can play that? And I said, yes, I can. I just, so I'm just trying to think what song was I playing? I'll ask the Holy Spirit to remind me. But it was just, I was just in a worship service and I just picked up a guitar and started playing it. And sometimes these things say things. Says something. So God can speak to you in a dream. He can speak to you in a vision. He can speak to you by signs and by pictures. But you need to be sensitive to these things. You need to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit to give you these directions. God says, you know what, I'll not do anything unless I reveal it to my prophets. You can be one of those prophets. You can be one of those people that just God will just choose to reveal to you. And just to show you that you don't have to be very special to receive a vision or a dream or an angel from God. I, I take you to Acts chapter 10. Acts chapter 10, you find a, a man called Cornelius. And in Acts chapter 10 is the beautiful story of Cornelius. And, and Cornelius is a guy who was, who was not even a Jew. He was a Gentile. He was from the outside, from the other tribe, other races. And there Cornelius, he was also a, a, a captain of the Italian guard. He was a Roman. But here he is. The Bible says of Cornelius that Cornelius used to pray he used to give. He used to give to the poor. He was such a generous guy. But he also prayed. I already told you that you need to pray. Cornelius also prayed. He was not just giving. He was praying also. You know, it's not enough to be a, just a good person. You need Jesus. Jesus makes the difference. Good person is fine, but have Jesus as well. And so he was, he was doing this. And he was praying to God. And on this particular day... The Bible says that an angel suddenly showed up to him, to Cornelius, and said, Cornelius, your prayers have been heard, and your gifts have come up to the Lord. They have spoken for you. Your gift speaks for you. That's beside. Let those we have ears hear what the Spirit says to the church. Your gifts have made a voice for you. And now, Cornelius, send to Joppa and ask for Simon. Who's in Simon the Tanner's house? This is, this is just an ordinary centurion who receives a message from God. And so what does Cornelius do? He has this message or the angel actually sees an angel. You also can see an angel. And the angel can give you a word. 
And once he has this word, he rises, sends his servants to say, please go to the house of Simon the tenor and tell us there's a Simon there. Tell the other Simon, not Simon the tenor, tell the other Simon there that he must come down here. And while this is happening, Simon Peter is in Simon the tenor's house. And in the afternoon, Simon goes up on the roof of the house. While he's on the roof of the house, he decides to, he prays. It's so important to pray. Church, do you hear me? So important to pray. Simon Peter prays. And after prayers, like many of you, he feels a bit sleepy and hungry and you go to sleep. How many of you sleep during prayer? (laughs) Yeah, I know. May those that lifted up their hands go to heaven. (laughs) I know I've seen some people sleeping in prayer. Uh, May God take all of us to heaven. Amen. Amen. (laughs) But you know, Simon Peter sleeps in the time of prayer because he was also hungry. You know, sometimes when you're praying, the stomach starts going, and say, ah, let me rest a little bit. And before you know it, sleep has taken over. So he sleeps. And while he's asleep waiting for the lunch to be prepared, while he's asleep, God decides to show up and gives him another vision. And he says he fell into a trance. Go to the next verse. And in the trance, he sees all these things. And God says to him, Peter, kill and eat. Peter refuses and says, I'm a Jew. I don't touch no unclean thing. He says, ah, don't call unclean what I've called clean. And by that word, Peter rises up and goes to a Gentile's house. If Peter had not received that word, he would not have moved to go to the Gentile's house. But the word that you have prompts you to do extraordinary things. So he goes. So so I want you to understand that you can get a word from the Lord via dreams, via visions, via trances, via prophetic signs and prophetic, prophetic messages. Whatever you do, desire to get the word of God and to move on the word of God. Cornelius moved at the word of God. Peter moves at the word of God. And then when you, Peter comes to the house of Cornelius, he's, he, he comes there and he starts to preach. And as he preaches to them, the Holy Spirit falls down upon the Gentiles. You know, that kind of sermon, that kind of moment that I desire to see so much, where while he was still preaching, the Holy Spirit comes upon them and they start to speak in tongues. Some of you, we've had to push you and rub you and do all kinds of things for you to speak in tongues. Here, they just started speaking in tongues in the crowd. Why? Because they'd moved on the word. There was a revelation in a dream to, to Cornelius, a revelation in a trance to Peter. They moved. And here they are, the collision of those words arising into the beginning of how we also got to experience the Holy Spirit. Because it was from that moment that they all said, ah, up to now, we have been just restricting ourselves with the Holy Ghost, with the Holy Spirit to the Jews. But if God has placed it upon the Gentiles, what should stop us? Let them also be baptized. Let it go out. And the promise is for us and to everyone else. This was the beginning 
of that promises going all the way through. Why? But it starts off with the word from God. Get a word from God. Amen. Amen. And your faith, release it into that word. Release your word, into your, your faith into that word. And, and the last one is by the experiences we go through. Experiences speak. <laughs> experiences speak. They speak. Whatever you've been through, I've already told you in a, in a different sermon that don't throw it away. Don't just think you're passing by. Experiences speak. And so you need to learn and hear God speak to you in the circumstances of your life. In the things that don't go so well and the things that do go so well. Let God, let God, let God, let God, let God speak to you in those experiences. What is it that God you want me to learn? What is it that Lord you want me to grasp from this situation? Why is this taking so long? What am I supposed to learn? They speak. God, why did I come out of a family that is like this? Let that experience speak. And you know what? There is a word. There is a word. Peter, again in that Acts chapter 10, speaks about that experience about the experiences they had gone through. And so Peter in Acts chapter 10 verse 39 says, we are witnesses of everything he did. He was speaking to the house of Cornelius and says, we are witnesses of everything that he did in the country of the Jews and in Jerusalem. They killed him by hanging him on a cross. But God raised him from the dead and on the third day caused him to be seen. He was not seen by all the people but by witnesses whom God had already chosen. And listen to this. By us who ate and drank with him after he rose from the dead. That experience, listen to this in verse 42. He commanded us to preach to the people and to testify that he is the one whom God appointed as judge of the living and the dead. What is it? We have seen him alive. We have seen him dead. We have seen him alive again. So now we know that Jesus is the one who will judge the living and the dead. We know it. Why? Because we have experienced it. We have seen him. We have not only seen him from afar, but we have eaten and we have drunk with him. And so the message we preach now is not just a message from the book. It's because I have experienced it. Do you hear what I'm saying, church? The reason I preach with so much passion is because I have experienced Jesus in a way that maybe you haven't experienced, but I have been experienced with him. I have been somewhere with Jesus, and because I've been somewhere with you, it's going to be hard for you to convince me otherwise. I've been in a place where I know that if it wasn't for Jesus, I've seen him rescue me and he has given me a word in the way he rescued me and says, I care for you. And because I know he cares for me, it's going to be hard for anybody to come and give me some good philosophy that was made in 1962 and tell me that Jesus is not there. It's going to be hard for somebody to come and tell me that you came out of a bacteria because of a big bang. It's okay. There was a big bang, but my God is bigger than that bang. I've been with him somewhere. The experience has spoken. 
Is this going to be hard for somebody to come and tell me that religion is the cause of all the problems in the world? It's, it, it, I, I, we might have that as an excuse for you not believing, but you know what? In the midst of all the problems of the world, I've been in a place with Jesus. He has spoken to me through an experience I have had, and you can't take that away from me. Experiences speak. Experiences speak. So this is what Peter was saying. You know, he has commanded us to be witnesses and to testify. And our testimony is not from afar off. Our testimony is because we've passed with him through. And for Peter in particular, he is that guy who was saying, I don't know this Jesus. Hey, don't associate me with him. And he went out and cried. He said, what have I done? And so after that, he comes out on the day when people are saying, these men are drunk. He says, men and brethren, we are not drunk, but this is that I have an experience with the Lord. I have an experience with the maker. This therefore is that. I've had the Holy Ghost speak to me. I've had the Holy Ghost give me visions and give me signs. I've had the Holy Ghost take me into a place where I feel my hair is somebody's pulling my hair with electricity. I've been in a place where I just, I just couldn't put my feet on the ground. I've been in a place where, you know, you feel like my, I'm out of this world. And because of that experience with the Holy Ghost, I can able to tell somebody, when you hear me speak in tongues, this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel, that the young people, People shall speak in other tongues. They shall see visions. They shall have all these dreams, the old men. You know what? I've experienced it. I have an experience. That experience speaks. Church, experiences speak. Going through my master's, I, one of those experiences where I was, I was saying, how can I be excellent in this thing? How can I succeed in this thing? And, 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 the, and the experience of going through a tough and a difficult master's thesis and where we coined it up with this statement, my supervisor says, it's like looking for a needle in a haystack. That's how he called it. You were like looking for a needle in a haystack. And we think you've made so much progress. You may not have found the full needle, but we think we know where to find the needle. Therefore, he gave me a distinction. That experience has made me realize that you know what? It is God who shines the light into the unknown and tells us the things that we do not yet know. It is God who gives us revelation and understanding and knowledge. And so when I started my PhD, I had this experience that if God can allow me to almost find the needle in the haystack, I will find it. So when it was tough, when it was difficult, I, I struggled with the paper. And they kept pushing it back. And they pushed it back. And then I left it for another. Now it's published with all kinds of experiments, with all kinds of, of tests. And we started off with something that was supposed to have been simple that my own professor started in when he was a PhD student. I carried on, could not finish. 
we left it to another guy. He was almost getting frustrated. And he said, I'm going to stick with this until the end. And the reason we continued pushing along with him, writing and thinking and writing and thinking, until eventually he said, you know what, I'm going to carry on this with the last experiment that they've asked me to do. Even though, Farai, you are gone, I will do it and finish it. It's now published as a big, wonderful paper. We have changed the way people will always talk about the subject of my study. Why did we do that? Because I had an experience of looking for a needle in a haystack. That experience continued to speak to me all throughout my PhD. So when things, people are saying it's not possible, I can say it's possible. And you know what? The needle in the haystack can be found because God's word says with me all things are. Come on church, are you still awake with me? All things are possible. So your experiences speak. Tell your neighbor, the experience I'm going through will speak. I want to stop here and just say to you, whatever you do, make sure your relationship with Jesus stays strong. Stand with me. Make sure your relationship with Jesus stays strong. Can you guys come and sing that song again? Your relationship with Jesus must stay strong. If you're ever going to hear a word, because you know there are so many things that also speak. The devil also speaks. Demons speak. All kinds of other voices speak. If you want to know about the voices that speak, you can go to our archives. There is a sermon about the voices that speak. There are so many voices that are speaking. There are so many things that are fighting against your destiny, fighting against your life. They are also speaking. But as they speak, there is one voice that you always want to hear. And that is the voice of Jesus. That is the voice of God. And so you need to keep your relationship with God. I want us to sing that song. And, and then I just want you to worship God. To worship God and let Him speak to you. Let Him speak to you. Come guys. We will never and we will never
ahead just worship the Lord just tell the Lord where you are just tell the Lord where you are and say Lord I just need that that word from you Lord speak to me Lord Jesus I pray God that my faith may be founded upon your word that my faith may not be blind that my faith may not go blindfolded my my faith may be founded upon a word oh Lord Jehovah even in my experience my God even in the things that I'm going through I pray God by revelation by the dreams by signs oh gosh give me your word show me your word father by your voice oh God by the people around me Jesus give me a word my Lord in the name of Jesus Lord from the word that I'm reading in your Bible from what I'm reading in your Bible Jehovah I pray God for your word oh Rabo Shaka Yanda Rabashaka Rise up in faith upon the word of God. Rise up in faith upon that word. Jehovah, my God. Jehovah, my 